Okay, Shmuto Gutbach. We're on Ayin Hey Amad Bey, 75b, at the last line here. And we're talking about the term Lechem Avirim, about the man. We got onto this subject because it mentions affliction by man. And we're trying to figure out what is affliction. Uh, again, it mentions it by Yom Kippur. By the man, uh, we mentioned that Hashem, there was a, an aspect of affliction in that uh, we we only had enough for each day, and every day we had to hope that we were worthy of getting continuing the food. That was one answer that was given. We had another answer that it looked the same every day. Um, but the question is, uh, once we brought up the subject of man, uh, the, man was a complicated food. There are a lot of teachings about how to serve Hashem properly for man, and it's called lechem abirim. What does that mean? So we quoted Rabbi Kiva, who said it's the bread of the angels, and then we quoted Rabbi Shmuel, who said that it's from Lechem Avirim. It's bread that is totally fit for uh, each and every part of the body, and there's no waste. And now we're starting a third explanation in the Gemara. It says from the Lechem Avirim is, is uh, Ochal Ish. This is the one who ate the man. The, the, is, who does this refer to? The, so the Gemara says on the top of Ayin Vav, Ze Yoshua. It's referring to Yeshua, Moshe's Talmud. It says that he got an equal amount to all of Klau Yisrael. So the Marsha and others explain, the man was a spiritual food. And the uh, leader, Yeshua, he got an equal amount to the whole Jewish people. We, Hashem values people differently. Some people make the whole world worthwhile, and Yeshua was one of them. Also, because he had to be a leader of the whole Jewish people, so he was given the spiritual resources, Keneged Kol Yisrael. How does he know that? He uses the same word, Ish. I, how do you know it's hinting to him? It also uses the word, Ish, by Moshe Rabbeinu. So the Gemara answers, no. We want to use the same term, um, uh, the uh, ish by Yeshua is similar to ish by the man. Moshe it says veha ish. Next, Shalu Tamidas Rabbi Shmuel Shimon Ben Yochai. The students of Shimon Ben Yochai asked, "If they my high low, why is it low? How Yorid lehem Yisrael man pamachas b'shana? Why did it have to fall every day? Couldn't Hashem have made it that there was a three hundred sixty-five day supply fall all at once?" I'll give you an parable of what this is compared to. Let's say there's a king, who has one son. If he gives him his allowance once a year, the son is only going to call the father or only going to greet him once a year. If you make up that the son has to come every day and get his allowance and get his meal, his father will see him every day. If somebody has many children, every single day he's going to daven and say, how am I going to feed my family? Maybe the man won't fall down tomorrow. And if there's no food, they'll die. So every single day a person is forced to have a relationship with Hashem and ask for his needs. Another explanation. Since it fell down every day, every day was fresh. It was warm. 
another answer. If it fell down once a year and they were traveling, they would have had to schlep the food for the whole year. That would have been a lot of work. So this way it fell down every day. The, the, the man was a big subject, uh, meaning that it, it only happened once in history, and yet there were many lessons about it. And the fact that the Torah wrote about it means that we have uh, lots of things to learn from the man. So these great sages of Tarfan, Rabbi Shmuel, and Zakanim were sitting and they were trying to uh, understand the deep lessons of the man. And there was a sage called Rabbi Lazar Mudoy amongst them. And he started teaching, the man that fell down for the Jewish people, Shishimama. 60 amas tall. It fell down in a deep pile. Oh, my Lord, Tarfan, Modoy. Rabbi Tarfan said, Modoy. Where'd you get such a thing? As Rashi said, Where, Where'd you dream that up? Where'd that come from? He's skeptical. She said, I'm darshaning a Pusik. The man, it uses words that it fell down from like windows in heaven or doors in heaven. Where else does the Torah use that word of things coming down from heaven, from the skies? It uses it by the flood of Noah. It says, It says that the uh, rain fell down 15 amas above the mountaintops. Now, if the world was flat, that would be fine, but the world's not flat. There are many valleys. Uh, it, it, if, how could it be if it only fell down 15 uh, amas of water that it would be above the mountaintops? The Kimayashuri Kaima was it flat? And how would the ark be able to travel? Uh, if the water uh, was only 15 amas high in certain valleys, the mountains would be higher. The Hekisagi, Ella, what it means is the following. The concept of the flood was not only did the, the rain come from above, but the waters overflow below. So, Nifku Kolmanus Tom Rabba, all of the underground wells and waters overflowed, Adi Shabamayan Tour, until the water level reached the mountains. And then the level from the rain of the heavens was 15 amas high. The Kiesa, uh, so that's basically the opening up of the heavens produced 15 amas of water. Now the Kiesa Mida Maruba, in which direction is Hashem's quality stronger? Mida Tova, his measure of reward, or Mida Pronius, or his measure of punishment? We all know that Hashem's kindness overwhelms that of punishment, and the man was a measure of kindness. So Midas Pronius, Midas Pronius, who Omar by the punishment of the flood, it mentions the rubas hashemayim. If the windows in the heavens opened up, the midatova it says It says that the doors, double doors, opened up and rained down man from the heaven. The dug and shemayim we were given this heavenly bread. How big are the? How many panels of windows are there in the in the doors? Kama rubas yeshbedelas. So there's arba. There's four panels or four windows in each door. And there's two doors, so there's eight. So it comes out, if, they, if one panel is 15, if there's eight panels, uh, or four times that, would be 60. So it comes out um, that they had 60 amas of, uh, of water, of mun, uh, high of mun that fell down. Why would the man fall down so high? The other nations of the world, they would see it from a distance. So they would know 
that Hashem was providing for his children. There's a medrash that says that the animals would eat from the remnants of the man that would trickle into the streams, and they had unbelievable taste. And so this way, the nations of the world knew about the miracle for the 40 years that Hashem provided for his children. So you see that the man was seen by uh, all of these uh, other empires that were our enemies. The end of that Pesach mentions that uh, in the end of time, the David, Hamelech, the Mashiach, uh, will lift up his cup. His cup runneth over. And so uh, the word used for a big cup is it's a huge amount. It's just an expression of the, uh, the big cup of gratitude that we will have in the future. So the bottom line is uh, the, that we brought a proof from the flood to the size of the uh, man. So the Gemara says, Hilo Damya, how do you compare it? Hustam Barboim Yom. The flood, the heavens opened up for 40 days. Here it was just for a little while. Hustam Lukuyama, there it was for the whole world. Over here it's for the Jewish people. And it would, um, uh, if it's only a small spot, it would be even more. So the question is, where did he get that number from? So the Gemara answered, Lazar Bedoy, Psika Psika Gomer. He learned from the use of a similar term of the word that it was 60 yamas high. Okay. Now we get back to Yom Kippur. We said there's five terms of affliction and five different ways we afflict ourselves on Yom Kippur. Uh, where do you see a hint that the Torah has five kinds of affliction that we do on Yom Kippur? Five times the Torah mentions affliction. That's five. So Gemara said, yeah, but weren't there six kinds of afflictions mentioned in the Mishnah? So the Gemara answers, eating and drinking are in the same category. In other words, not eating and not drinking is one affliction. Basically, we get no nourishment. How do you know that? How do you know eating and drinking are the same? Uh, that they're both in the same category? So the Gemara brings a proof from uh, a Pasuk. It says, you will eat in front of Hashem. The uh, you eat the ties you bring and eat them uh, up in Eretz Israel, and it includes eating wine. A tirosh is a term for wine, chamrahu, and we call it eating. So, you see, uh, how can you use the word eating if it's drinking? The answer is, you see, that eating and drinking are the same category. The Gemara said, Well, maybe it's talking about eating, maybe it's talking about a dish with wine in it. There was vegetable dishes and fruit dishes. These are, are vegetable dishes that are cooked. Ella, so that's not such a good proof because that might refer to wine uh, in a food form. Ella, Omar, Rav Akbar, Yaakov, in the following verse. Again, it's talking about a pasuk about buying, um, using miser money to buy food in Yerushalayim. It says you can buy any food you want, bucker, tzon, cattle, lamb chops, lambs, biyayin, wine, ubeshekah. Now, over here, it uses the word shaker, beer. Shaker, you're definitely drinking, and the Torah calls it eating. So you see the term eating and drinking are interchangeable. Maybe here also it means it's a beer dish. you got a beer-battered chicken. So Gemara says shaker, because it says shaker. Shaker means even an alcoholic drink. Meat in a meshaker. 
uh, dishes typically don't aren't alcoholic. The alcohol burns off. So definitely it's talking about a drink. The Morris said, yeah, but there are uh, solids that you can get um, drunk from. The Morris says, there was a certain kind of very sweet uh, fermented fruit that you could get high from, the Tanya. If a person eats one of these very sweet or fermented dishes, and he's a Kohen, and he gets a buzz from it, and then he goes in the base of Migdash and does the service while he's drunk from the sugar high. Then it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, a something that makes him dizzy or makes him like a person is drinking. You're not allowed to do the service. So those are, those are dishes, and they're not necessarily liquids. It's not an exact proof. As we turn the page, the Gemara wants a proof. So the Gemara says, Yalu Shekhar we learn out from Nazar. Just like over there, the Nazar talks about drinking wine, Afkan Yain. So then the Gemara says, Yeah, but does the word Tirosh mean wine? Vatanya, Hanodr Minat Tirosh. If you take a vow that I'm not going to have any more Tirosh, also because you can't have sweet things, but you're allowed to have wine. So you see that Tirosh doesn't refer to wine. So the Gemara says, Valav, it's not wine. Isn't there a pasuk that says, Tirosh besulos, that when a person drinks wines, that's when the secrets come out. When a person drinks, he says things that he shouldn't. Things come out. Uh, it's something that comes from wine. So then the Gemara says, v'haksiv, v'... But there's another pasuk that says, Tirosh uh, that's another Pusik that refers to Tirush's wine. And then there's a third Pusik, Sivs Nus Vyain Tirush Yikak Lev, that um uh, people who have common sense, if they get into promiscuity or they get into drinking and Tirush, they lose their sense. They get drunk and they alakubiyama. So there's no question, this is the third Pusik we brought, that Tirush Kamrahu, that Tirush definitely means wine. It's, it's a sweet wine, or, or perhaps a newer wine, but it's definitely wine. So then why do we have the other place where Tirush didn't mean wine? There's certain slang. So so why does sometimes they call it wine and sometimes Tirush? So yayin means wine refers to, it brings, drunkenness brings uh, woe to the world. Tirush, if a person who um, gets addicted to wine, Nasarash, he becomes poor. Rav Kahana, he says the following drasha on the, the Pusik describing wine. On the one hand, it spells it without, without a yud, but we read it with a yud. So he says, wine is what you do with it. Zoha Nasarosh. If you merit and you can handle your wine and you use it to uh, help you calm down and you use it to be creative, you can become a leader. Lo zocha, if you don't merit it, nasir rush, you become poor. Uh, and a similar drasha, it says it by uh, it says wine makes you happy. Vikrinin yismach or yismach zocha mesamcha. If you merit it, wine is great. It makes you happy. Lo zocha mishamah leaves you desolate. He said that wine and good smells. They help make you wise. They bring your creative juices. So again, everything in moderation or done in the right way can be a good thing. In the, the terms of wine, according to some, wine was the original uh, thing that Adam Arishon ate in the Garden of Eden that brought calamity to the world. It could bring life and it could bring destruction. Okay, getting back to Yom Kippur. So we also mentioned rechitza, washing and smearing with oil 
are also affliction. Where do we know it from? So Morris says, so we bring a Pusik. It says that Daniel uh, was upset over the um, uh, Korish cut off the people who were going to rebuild the base Amigdash. So it says he, he went on a um, uh, food strike. So it says, he didn't eat good bread. And he didn't eat meat or wine. He, he worked in the palace at that time. And he didn't anoint himself. So what does it mean? He didn't eat lechem chamudos. He didn't even eat white bread. How do you know that's affliction? Uh, the not bathing and the not uh, wash, uh, not using oil. In those days, they didn't necessarily bathe. Sometimes they cleaned themselves with perfumed oil. So he says there's a pasuk over here uh, where the angel came to Daniel. Don't be afraid, Daniel. Hashem uh, value the tzaddik Daniel that he fasted in front of him. They, they, he afflicted himself in Hashem's honor uh, in order to do teshuva and to hope there'd be a change in the rebuilding of the Beis Amigdash. So you see that these things were affliction. Okay, so you see clearly that the, um, the anointing with oil that Daniel uh, stopped doing was an affliction. Okay, the Morris says, So that's anointing with oil. Where do you know that not using water is an affliction, not bathing is an affliction? The Torah compares the cleaning with water, bathing, to the anointing with oil, the rubbing with oil. So both of them are would be an affliction. Lumar says, How do you know it's, an, it's bathing? Maybe it's drinking. So Gemara said it's similar to the oil. Just like the oil was done on the outside of the body, also over here it's talking about water on the outside, it's bathing. Gemara says, but didn't we learn differently? How do you know that shmearing is like drinking on Yom Kippur, that they're both forbidden? Even though there's not 100% proof, there's a hint to it. That just like when you drink water, it's forbidden. It's like rubbing the oil into your bones. So clearly, you don't see about bathing, and you just see about the oil rub. So we need a proof that bathing is forbidden on Yom Kippur. You see from the verse itself, first white line. Okay, so you see from there where it says, which means I didn't even bathe. So the word bathing, you see, was an affliction. Now, what does it mean that the angel came to his words? So th- there's a story over here with Daniel that he, uh, it says, Veshivim Ish, that they were given a vision uh, from uh, the prophet Yecheskel that he was shown that the elders in Yishalayim were sinning at that time. There were 70 elders, and the coin was offering incense, and they, Hashem pulled Yecheskel from Bavel to Eretz Yisrael by the lack of, of, of um, hair of his forehead. And he brought me in the, like Hashem, like flew Yecheskel to Eretz Yisrael. He gave him a vision. And he was hovering. And he came to Yushalayim. Uh, in a vision of Hashem, to the opening gate of Yushalayim, and that's where we'll finish on the bottom line. Okay, be well.